The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Pure Hoops podcast, another weekend in the NBA. Eric Newman in New York, BJ Armstrong in LA. BJ, I promised I would not let the uh, Gordon Hayward news get me down, but uh, I have not. I have. I have not. I have not succeeded. So. Gordon Hayward fractures his hand in a, uh, listen, LaMarcus Aldridge has always been a class act. He wasn't trying to hurt him, but a, a, a strange choice to uh, set that ball screen. Uh, awkward angle. Gordon's hand gets stuck. And um, as we're recording this, BJ, on Monday evening Eastern, uh, mid-afternoon Pacific, Gordon is uh, having surgery on the hand. So hopefully... Um, the Celtics can keep it going without him. We wish him well. He was playing arguably the best ball of his career. And uh, Gordon will will be back. So uh, there's that. But we've got a lot to discuss. Not a lot of time. The Western Conference obviously gets so much attention. The Battle of L.A. gets so much of attention. BJ, to start us off, outside of our high-level L.A. teams, who's impressing you in the mo- who's impressing you the most in the West to start the season? Well, as you alluded to, Eric, the, those two teams, and deservingly so, they have star power, they're constructed with the idea of championship or bust, and they deserve to be the two teams that should be talked about the most. But in addition to those teams, I'm looking at the Denver Nuggets, who are presently right now 7-2, and two, and I'm also looking at the Utah Jazz, who are 6-3 and three currently, and both teams feel that they have a great opportunity to win a championship as well. In particular, the Utah Jazz, I think they've pushed all of their chips to the middle of the table. This team is clearly a team positioned for now. They're ready to compete. They feel they have an opportunity to to compete. And they've won some pretty good games at home against really quality opponents. In particular, they beat the Clippers at home, even though they were minus Kawhi Leonard. And then they just recently beat the Boston, not the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks on a last-second shot. Bucks at the buzzer. Bucks at the the buzzer. Bogdanovich beats the Bucks at the buzzer. Try that on. And yeah, try saying that a a couple times. So I think those two teams are the teams that I'm really keeping my eye on because they feel that they have as good a chance as any as well, especially in the Western Conference. Uh, You know, what Utah's been able to do meshing in these new parts, you know, listen – Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, some of the role players, the, the the core is there. But Mike Connolly, now part of the core. Bogdanovich, part of the core. Derek Favors, no longer there. There were some changes, and the fact that they are looking this good this early is a great sign for them. Uh, I th- we talked about this, I, I believe, a week ago where 
you know, to me, the clear final four in the West is Denver, Utah, and both L.A. teams. As far as the, those are the teams right now to start the year that I feel have the best shot to go deep in the West and, and, and be the top four. Now, Denver's interesting. They haven't played great, but they're finding ways to win games, which is very encouraging to me because, as we've discussed many times about the Denver Nuggets last year, they surprised a lot of people. They snuck up on a lot of people. Now they've got a target on their back. Sunday, they're playing uh, at Minnesota. They're up 90-74 to 74 in the fourth quarter, and literally they hit the snooze button. Minnesota comes back, ties the game, it goes to overtime, and Denver just continues to figure out how to win these ugly games. Joker bails them out with a very difficult left side kind of I don't even know. It's a mix of a of a dream shake, KG shoulder wiggle, falling fadeaway on that left baseline, and they figure out how to win another road game. Just quickly, what kind of a what kind of a sign is it that a team like that, who we know is on the younger side, is figuring out talking how about to the win. Denver talking, I'm about, talking the Denver? about the Denver talking Nuggets, about Den- a team that's Nuggets. figuring out now how to win these ugly games where they're not playing great, but they're figuring out how to get it done. That is a sign of a really good team. When you can win and you're not at your best, when you can win and you don't totally depend on your offensive output, when they find ways to win games. When the ball isn't going in, things aren't going they were their way, and they find a way to grind it out. Like Coach Malone is a grinder at heart. So this team, in my estimation, is taking on his personality. They're grinders right now. You know, the only thing that that I see with this team that's I'm sure even Jokic would agree, I think he could have came to camp in a little better shape. I think he had a um, I thought he had an amazing year last year and was ready to take the next step forward in his leadership. Not only how he performs on the court, but, you know, you have to come prepared for the moment. Outside of that, I think this team is a team that has all of the key components to compete and advance deep into the playoffs. And it's going to start with Jokic. I mean, he he plays the game in a way where it's not predicated on speed and quickness. But I love I would have I would have loved to have seen him come to camp in better shape because this team has a window. They have a they have a they're young, they have an opportunity now, and I think they're ahead of schedule based on the the age and the youth of their team. They have a team now that's ready to compete and based on what they did last year, I think they're ready to move forward and say we're going to be here, and we're going to be here for a while. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned this on uh, Jokic, and you know, with uh, the the nickname Joker is really sticking, and it plays well with the film being out in theaters now. But you know, is this a kid who's still evolving into his body? He's still got a little bit of that "quote unquote" baby fat, or like, do, do you feel like he, he that wind just isn't up or he needed to lose 15 pounds? What, what, what are you seeing specifically with him? Well, you know, as a player who had to play in that league, you're going on a you're going on a long journey, right? You're cl- you're climbing Mount Rushmore. 
you're only going to take the essentials that you need to make to take to to make the journey to complete the journey he clearly he's clearly he's clearly bringing the breakfast buffet with the skill set is what well, you say well 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 right now at his age he's figured out how to play with this with this weight mm-hmm. and it's not affecting him in the short term but at some point it will and the excessive pounding of having an extra 15 to 20 pounds. And he's a big man, right? I mean, he's playing he's playing against other big bodies, right? He gets he and gets hit. He gets hit a lot. He, yeah, I mean, you're I mean, Joel Embiid is not a little man, you know. Dwight Howard is not a little man. And he's continuing night in and night night out to play against these other big people, Stephen Adams, and the list goes on and on in this league. You know, it takes a pounding on your body over time. And because I like him, I really like the way he plays. I like his spirit. I like the ability to score, pass, and do all those things. But if you're continuing to pound your body, and anyone who's played that game will tell you, at some point it catches up with you in the long run. And I just want to see him reach his full potential. And... Now, it's not affecting him now, but at some point it will. At some point, carrying excessive weight on your knees and your ankles and your hips will catch up with you. And look, he's never going to be 230 or 40 pounds, right? But there's no need for him to be carrying whatever his comfortable weight or his natural weight should be. There's no need for him to be carrying 25, 30 extra pounds on him if he doesn't have to. And that's what I'm concerned with because – He's playing a lot of minutes. The game is predicated now on speed and quickness. Yep. And he's moving around. And at some point, something's got to give, right? It's something's got to give. And every player who's played will tell you, as you get older, it gets harder and harder to carry that extra weight. And it, it, that's, just, it, that's just mother nature, right? Yep, that's fair. That's fair. He's 24 that, years that, old. He's 24 years old. This is uh, is going to be a process, and hopefully I'll, I'll I'll get a meal with the guy before he uh, before, <laughs> before he goes vegan. Um, so pivoting here, obviously we we know what kind of season this is going to be for the Warriors, and I've actually been tuning in just to watch how these young guys are, are developing, and uh, you know watching Eric Pascal and Damian Lee and Poole, and um, you know seeing them compete and seeing Steve Kerr go from. You know, knowing, okay, I, I can leave it to Draymond and Steph to figure out on the floor to now really being that mentor teacher again has been interesting. But we know that they are not going to be in the race this season. Uh, are the Portland Trailblazers in danger of falling back? I mean, they're, they're four and six. They've got the Kings and the Raptors coming up back to back Tuesday, Wednesday this week before going on a six game road trip. They just won their first home game of the season the other night um, after losing to the Nets at home where Lillard put up 60. Um, Does Portland have enough right now as constituted to contend? Is there a move to be made? What are you seeing early on here with the Blazers? Well, you know, Eric, I always like to give a team's 20, normally 25 games before you say this is who they are. You know, th- this 
preseason was very interesting to me because teams are only playing four to five games in the preseason. I think what you're seeing right now, now the reason I pointed, I'm pointing that out is because they've cut the preseason down from 10 games now to four games for many of these teams. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know any other way to get in shape, especially game shape, other than to play in a game. Now, I don't know what these teams are doing today. I can't speak on it. I'm not playing. I'm not in the practices. But as an ex-player, I want reps. I need my reps. I need my games. I need game shots. I need game activity. I need to travel, do all of the things so I can get ready for to play the game at the speed that the game needs to be played at. I personally, as I'm watching these teams, I think the preseason has extended over now into the regular season. If you're if you're asking me, interesting. And as I watch the as I'm watching these teams, because how are you going to get in shape in four games? Like, how does that work? <laughs> like, right. like Eric, I have no idea how these kids are playing at the pace that they're playing, and then are in shape for a week of practice. It just doesn't make sense to me. They're traveling to China. They're traveling to India. How are they getting in shape? Like, what's the game plan here? Like, so I think that there's no need to panic for the Portland Trailblazers. You know, they have new guys that they've integrated into their core. And personally, you know, they're they're a team that's going to probably – you know, I'm ready as of today to extend my 25-game assessment of teams to 35 games because now it's going to take more time. It's going to take more time for these guys to get in shape. It's going to take more time for the coaches to learn their team. It's going to take more time for the team to figure out who they are offensively, defensively. So I think now the way the game is played, you know, these first 10 games or so is really just kind of fill-out process. You know, of course, you would love to win those games and get a quick start. But the regular season is not the regular season that I knew or any of us that are basketball fans, because how are you going to play games to get in shape to do it? I mean, the first two or three games in the preseason is basically you're trying to assess who's going to be on the team, you know, who's a little dinged up, all of those things. And all of a sudden you go right to the season four games later so. I, I no need to panic. I think Damian Lillard is it, 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 he's a terrific leader for them. He understands what's needed. Clearly, you know, these these first 10 games or so, they would have liked to have done better. They, I think they've lost some games where they feel they should have won. I mean, one of the games in particular, they lost to the Golden State Warriors. Um uh, you know, it just yeah. I don't know, think I don't think they're far off. Uh, you make great points. No, I, you make great I, points I, I about the preseason. I, I like them. I like them. I, you know, I, I think. Listen, Whiteside's playing the middle. Zach Collins is out. They're waiting for Nurkic to get back. Bazemore is a part of the rotation now. They lost Aminu. They lost Harkless, who were valuable role players, and like they're, they're every night's a tough game. You know, there are very few gimmies well, in this league, especially in the West. So I'm uh... and, and, and I and I will say this, Eric, I want to I want to point this out to when you look playing with a big man like Whiteside as a guard is a huge adjustment for the team, first of all, and for those guards, because those guards 
CJ McCullough and and Damian Lillard, they are scores first and second. They are very aggressive players, and they are used to attacking the basket. Yep. The one thing that the one thing when you play with the big is that big has no place to go, especially if he's not a stretch big, other than to go, you know, on the box. Or what we now call the you know the, the 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 catch area when you do drive to the basket. So it's been an adjustment for their team. I think their spacing is a little off. I think CJ and Dame are trying to figure that out. I think the coaches are trying to figure out how to integrate wide side to the game because they know they're going to need a big body to win. But you need to have a balance. So I think right now there's a lot of you know. Who are they going to be? What's the balance they're going to need? Are they going to go big? Are they going to go small? We know what Dame and CJ can do. We know they're clutch players. We know that they are prime time players in a playoff series. But it would be nice to bring those other players along to give them a different look if they're going to advance where they want to get to as, a, as an organization. So I think Coach Stotts and staff are still trying to figure it out. And I think as a team, they're trying to figure it out. So I'm, I'm definitely not pushing the panic button here. No, me either. And Whiteside's had some very statistically impressive basketball games this year uh, with some very high rebounding numbers and, you know, has been a consistent force in the middle. So uh, I, I think uh, y- your rule in terms of, uh, you know, that 20 to 30 game window uh, will uh, apply here. And, you know, there's also a, uh, a scoring front court player named Carmelo Anthony who's been rumored to Portland a number of times. And there's also Mr. Kevin Love in Cleveland who's always been rumored to uh, the Blazers as well. So we will see if they stand pat or if they make a move. Uh, but we've got a, a long way ahead here. So uh, Thursday, we've got uh, a very interesting evening coming up at Madison Square Garden as there's mm. a homecoming in air quotes. As Mr. Who may, who, as what's going on there the in New York right now? Unicorn <laughs> is coming back to MSG. Christoph Porzingis is coming back to the Garden. Two years ago, he was the savior, the cornerstone, and now he comes back as part of this new and improved Dallas Mavericks club. He looks good. He's put on muscle. Uh, he looks like he's recovered. He is clearly, and let me say this, he's clearly the number two option on the Mavericks, which is what he should be with Luka Doncic there. Um, You know, he comes back. I'm sure this is going to be a very uh, emotional evening for some Knicks fans at the Garden. Knicks 2-8 start. Their front office had to have a press conference the other day after getting drilled at home by the Cavs. Is there anything right now that's going to give Nick fans hope? Because I, you and I both thought it was going to be a lot more positive out of the gates than it has been. Well, you know, I have to start off this conversation as, yes, I really liked what the Knicks did in the in the offseason. Uh, of course, you know, the, the, the big guys, the Kevin Durant's and the Kyrie Irvings, look, there's only one of them. They can only choose one. So some – you know, the Knicks aren't the only organization that thought they had a chance, but life goes on. In saying that, I think the Knicks feel not just the winning aspect of it, it's the inconsistency of going out playing the way they play on the road and then what's going on there at home. 
And I think that inconsistency is what bothers the, the, the front office more than anything for whatever that may be. The one thing I did like about what I what I'm hearing out of New York is that the players are taking responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. And there isn't any finger pointing. It's just like, look, we want to play better. We think we have a team that should be playing a little bit more consistent. You know, whether or not that translates to winning, look, you play hard, you win some, you lose some. Just play hard. But it, play hard. Just play, hard. play and, hard. But right now, you know, when you're losing by 20 points to – and no disrespect to the Cleveland Cavaliers. None intended. They're a young team None as well. Intended. Right? But, but I don't think you should be losing – by 20 points at home to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Absolutely not. And especially after I mean that was a that was a nice win that they had just achieved up there in Dallas. It was a very emotional game. Mm-hmm. Uh they had some great games on the road. I mean they they play well against uh the San Antonio Spurs. Yep. I mean they they really did some nice things and all of a sudden you come and that happens. So I I I think it's better to get things out now to address the team. Let them know, you know, part of leadership is letting people know what your expectations are and, and should be. And I, and I like the te- I like the fact that the team is saying, you know what? Okay. All the X's and O's, we can talk about that, but in the end, we're the ones out there playing. So I give them credit. And I say them, I give the, the, the players credit for taking responsibility and moving out, but I think we all, you know, you and I in particular, I think we all were expecting, you know, at least at this point to be a 500 team because they have veterans, they have a team that sh- should be able to had, compete I thought at they that had level. Some gamers. I thought this team was going to yeah, play very exactly. hard, and Marcus Morris said it in, uh, you know, the media scrum at the Garden the other night. You know, they're asking about X's and O's and Fisdale. He says X, this is not X's and O's here. This is this is. A consistent effort that needs to be had. This is, the X's yes. and O's are shit here. This is a consistent effort. I obviously love what he brings to the table, having watched him as a Celtic the last two years. But he's a guy that's right. always played hard. To me, you know, and when he did that stuff in the preseason, as much as we want to laugh about it, his style of play, that physical kind of combo forward, inside out, with that attitude, reminded me a lot of a guy that New York Knicks fans adored in the early '90s. He was only here for one year. You played against him. Uh, when he was out west, and then when he was with the Knicks, and then with the Celtics, and that ex- that's Xavier McDaniel, and Marcus Morris yeah. reminded me of him in a lot of ways. And I thought this team was going to have an attitude, a chip on his shoulder, and at least every night on that floor, at Madison Square Garden, defend that home floor and show Knicks fans this is a team you can be proud of. We are the right guys um, to to be playing uh, in New York, wearing the yeah. orange and blue. Forget Kyrie, forget KD, but. Until they start making these games a street fight out there, I, I don't know what else there is to say. They, they, they've got to bring well, it. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah. They, well, they do, Eric. And, and, you know, look, as, as the game has changed, and we're always talking about how the game is continuing to evolve, the one glaring thing about the Knicks as I watch them and I watch the rest of the league is that if, if you want to have a good team, especially in today's game, you have to have excellent guard play. Yep. And that is one thing – because of the way the, the style and the way the game is played today, you have to have good guard play. I mean, when you look at the teams over the last five years, whether it's the Warriors, they've had excellent guard play. Okay, when you any look any at, any team that has advanced one round in the postseason, they've got to have good guard play, even to get to the postseason. Now, 
even or yeah, even Orlando the, last year. Sorry to cut you off. Even Orlando last year, the steadiness of a DJ Augustine who's been there before absolutely. Can, can get you there. You know, so you have I'm with you. yes, I agree with that. You have to have terrific guard play because the way the game is played today, it's just that's just what it is. Now the Knicks, for better or for worse, have had injuries and they had some unfortunate things because I think they were expecting a big jump from the kid Dennis Smith. Yeah, and Dennis Smith had a terrific summer. He he really did have a. I mean, this isn't. You know, sometimes you you know you take a shot and you just don't make it. That kid put in his work. You know, as you, he, he's an excellent athlete, and he's just look, things happen, life happens, right? And we're the best, and you know, here at at the Pure Hoops Podcast, we're wishing nothing but the best for him and his family, and what he's what he's had to go through over the last two or three weeks, right? And but they haven't had their guards, no. and you need terrific guard play. I mean, Alfred Payton is a terrific little ball handler. He can push the pace. He can defend. He can do some things. Uh, I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be their steadying floor general presence. Steady, I really did. absolutely. And then you have did, and then you need that player who can play within seven seconds and can break the defense down, play mm-hmm. athletically, and. Dennis Smith physically fits that bill, and he, for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to find a groove. And hopefully he will be able to find the groove because he is that type of athlete that you're looking for at the, you know, at the guard position. So, um, but again, this is the NBA. No one feels sorry for you. But you, the one glaring thing that they haven't had, and, and look, I like Frank. You know, Frank brings what Frank brings to the game. Um, but you know you need that player who can break te- yeah, players he's, down, he's play a, in screen roles, and he's, he's a role player that can do some yes. things and fit in. He's not yes. a guy who, who can who, who can Absolutely. be your general. I agree. I agree. Well, but I, let's hope they figure it out because I, I like their team and I like their toughness for sure. All right, last topic of the day. Uh, we've got a, a great anniversary this week on Wednesday, and and I feel like we both have interesting connections to this guy. Uh, Wednesday marks the 40th anniversary of the late, great Daryl Duncan's backboard-shattering dunk over the one and only Bill Robinson of the Kansas City Kings. And stick with me now. He called it the chocolate thunder <laughs> flying, Robinson crying, teeth-shaking, glass-breaking, rump-roasting, bun-toasting, wham-bam, glass-breaker, I am jam. I thought you were. Are you a rapper, Eric? Are you a rapper? On the side, you know this. Come on, <laughs> come on. So that leads me to ask. Part one: Do you have a personal chocolate thunder story or a connection oh, to I do. Dawkins? I have, and then I have a great, part two I have a is: story. You know, in in memory of of him, you know, who is the best dunking big you ever played against? So so real quick, what's your what's your chocolate thunder story? Well, I, I, you know, Durrell, you know, rest in peace. Was one of, he's he was one of my favorites because you knew you were going to have fun when you were in the presence of Durrell Dawkins. He just had a very charming way about him, and I got a great Durrell Dawkins story. We were at All Star Weekend. My wife and I and Durrell, we were in New Orleans. I will never forget this. <laughs> it was the funniest thing and. My wife loved Daryl Dawkins because 
he just makes you laugh. He just brights up the room. He has a certain way about him, and he's really, really funny. And we were going to the, so it was the China New Year at New Orleans at the New Orleans at the All Star Game, and we were going to spend time at the Chinese New Year during All Star Weekend. And as we were going to the event, Durrell says to my wife and I. You guys want some guacamole. <laughs> oh, boy. So, in Daryl Dawkins' fashion, <laughs> we thought he was just joking. Now, we're going to the – we're at the China event, and there's this huge, <laughs> huge mound of uh, – of, of uh, not edamame, but um, oh, come on, uh, I can't think. I can't. I, I'm losing my. I know you've lost it up. completely. No, no, no. I because it's so, it's so funny. It's uh, avocado. No, no, no. What you put on sushi? Um, the this the wasabi. The green that you, yeah, wasabi. Yes. So it's a huge amount of wasabi. And Durrell walks up and says, do you guys want some guacamole? (laughs) (laughs) So so we thought thought he was just joking. So we were like, sure, Durrell, grab some guacamole. (laughs) And so he grabs this huge thing of wasabi. <laughs> and he puts like a chunk of it in his mouth. <laughs> this was self-induced. <laughs> Eric, I'm sorry. Unbelievable. Eric, no, Eric. How, how, a, how long did it take? It. How long so, did it take Donald <laughs> to recover from the wasabi? Because so, we could, we thought he was just joking. We like no one thought, you know, like Daryl, this is not guacamole. Like, <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. Anyway, he 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 proceeds to eat this, <laughs> and it was like a delay reaction from all of us that was there, and it was just. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eric. And then it was just a delay reaction. And to say the least, we didn't make it to the event because. Oh. <laughs> what happened to poor Daryl? Daryl was like laid out on the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to turn this no, into an animated story. I'm sorry. This is unbelievable. Yeah, no, we gotta. No, it was. I don't know how you gotta. You gotta fix this, but. <laughs> It was the funniest thing. <laughs> he, he when I tell you a chunk, I mean, it was like, I mean, Daryl's a big man, so he grabbed like a whole like palm full of this stuff. So when did uh, when when after he started eating it, when did he realize <laughs> that that he was in trouble? It was like a, just a delay because I he thought it really was <laughs> guacamole. He it really was guacamole. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh no, it was it was. I mean, God bless him. I mean, and every year at All Star Weekend, we couldn't wait to see him because it was the greatest story ever. 
Unbelievable. And, and he was sweating profuse. I mean, he was sweating so, so hard because of this was <laughs> And I, I was, yeah. Uh, that, so that's my Daryl talking story here. And I hopefully we can, I don't know. That, that was great. Oh, we will, we will leave this uncut. <laughs> uncut. I had such a long day, I couldn't even figure out you were Mike, trying to I'm say. Sorry, but you Mike, were trying to say. You're Mike. trying to say wasabi. You're saying edamame. I, I couldn't even figure it out. Yeah, I was just, I just, I, I just, I, I don't know. It was, oh, it was the funniest thing ever. But he, he was definitely one of the, you know, all time uh, greats. What a spirit. Uh, what a spirit. Yeah, he was. What that was. He really, he was just an entertaining person, and we 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 miss him. Our family misses him, and and so many people around the NBA and the NBA family misses him as well. Yeah, and twenty twenty will be um, forty five years since Dawkins, Moses Malone, may he rest in peace, and yes. Bill Willoughby uh, all made the leap from the high school level to the pro level. And after the, those guys did it, it did not happen again for 20 years until 1995 where a gentleman by the name of Kevin Garnett kicked the door open yeah. and did it. So um, very important, yeah, another very important figures in the history of our game for sure. And another and, great big who came straight out, who could dunk the ball as well was uh Sean Kemp. There you go. So is is Sean Kemp the the where this conversation was supposed to start? Uh, is, <laughs> is Sean Kemp the the best dunking big you played against in your time in the league? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without question, Sean was. You know, Sean was catching alley oops, dunking on you, around you, left hand, right hand, windmill. He was just a terrific athlete, and um, we came in the league together. Uh, he was drafted out there in Seattle, and him and Gary, you know, really, they were a formidable, you know, duo, and they were able to play the game with high-energy, athletic, athletic game that they played. So he was, hands down, the best dunking big that I played against in, in that era. And I think what gets lost as we finish up here is he was also very skilled, very skilled. Yes. Uh, the the jumper looked like a little bit of a shot put coming off that right shoulder, but he could shoot it out to 20 feet without a problem. And, to, and in today's game, he no doubt would have developed the three-point shot. But as a uh, both a post player and a, and a face-up guy at the four position, um, he was he was real tough, and you know, that's one of those teams that people thought after the '96 Finals, when they lost to the um, the Bulls in six, that they were going to continue to evolve because that mid '90s, a lot of people forget if Charles Barkley doesn't play the game of his life in the 1993 Western Conference semifinals, uh, excuse me, the Western Conference Finals in Game Seven against the Sonics, then Seattle's in the finals against you and your Bulls in 93 and, and not Phoenix. And then, you know, after Michael Jordan retires, you had those two great years of Olajuwon and the Rockets. Seattle faded into the background a bit, and then in 96 they 
uh, emerge. Uh, I think the Derek McKee trade where they traded him to Indiana and they got Detlef Schrempf back really helped them. And uh, they, of course, went on to the 96 finals where they lost to the Bulls, but, you know, never never came close again with uh, the competition out west. And unfortunately, Sean Kemp's career um, did not elevate after that either. No, no pun intended, but uh, great right. memories. Uh, Dawkins, Wasabi, and Sean Kemp. <laughs> A magical to, Pure Hoops oh, podcast. So, and, and, uh, and, you know, working with you working with you has been incredible, and I know we got to spend some more time in the same room, but that's by far the hardest I've heard you laugh or could imagine yeah, okay, hearing that you was, laugh. Uh, you so know, that's, that's I, I tell you, I, 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 when I tell you he was a good friend, he was a good friend, and uh, I miss Daryl and, and my family. That was that we look forward to All Star Weekend just spending it with Daryl, because he would entertain us in such a way. But that was the highlight to watch him eat that wasabi <laughs> when he thought he thought it was guacamole. Amazing. Was that was we still talk about that to this day. So, uh, but he was missed, and uh, you know, rest in peace, my friend. And uh, you, and uh, he was a great guy. I will dig up my Dawkins footage, and I will get that in front of you soon. I've got to do a little inventory here. Great job, my friend. Way to start the week. Uh, lots happening on the Pure Hoops front. We uh, released part one of the Mike Wise interview with David Stern uh, on Monday. Oh, wow. So be sure to uh, dig into that. Part two coming next Monday on November 18th. Uh, Catch and Shoot 2.0, the relaunch is coming soon. It'll be before Thanksgiving. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt each and every Thursday. And BJ and I will be back on Friday of this week. Special thanks, as always, to producer Mike Lieber, Bruce Bernstein, editor Benjamin Wolfen, and the entire Pure Hoops media team. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy the action. The season is just getting started. And, of course, stay pure. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.